What's up, means and mortals? This is Fang from Lords of the Trident, the most metal band on earth. And at the end of the day, when I like to relax and kick my feet up, I turn on to my favorite podcast, the Brutally Delicious Podcast. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. And I am Chris. Hello. Hello. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Today is the uh, the day of massive technical difficulty, but if you've hung around with us this long, we're going to be speaking to Fang from Lords of Trident, and this conversation uh, quickly goes down the dumper. Yeah, you could say it went down the dumper. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of good stories. This is a pretty over-the-top band, so kick back, relax, and uh, let's join Fang. Okay. You're giving me a Woody now. We're that good, huh? Fuck, dude. We're so good. We made Blabbermouth. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Isn't that great? I was like, holy shit, I'm on Blabbermouth. Seven comments, and only one of them is spam. <laughs> <laughs> but that one spam right. person made $95,000 this month. All you have to do is message her, and she'll tell you how to do it. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that I, I still sound good, huh? You sound like a motherfucker. And I look like a motherfucker. It's all good. <laughs> I told you, I'm like uh, Jason Momoa from Aquaman. Jason Momoa. Thanks for checking out the Brutally Delicious... Hey, fuck. Thanks for checking out the Brutally Delicious podcast today. We really appreciate all five of you. <laughs> I hope you go home. Hey, Fang. Welcome okay. to Brutally Delicious. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey Fang. It's great to be here. Right on, Fang. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm 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 reacclimating uh, currently to the uh, you know to the American time zone. We just got uh, back from our European tour, uh, and I'm still I'm still shaking off the the jet lag. Basically, is it jet lag or beer lag? You know, both. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, it's totally both. <laughs> no, I'm, over there. Let me tell you, like we flew in to. Uh, to Brussels Airport, right in Belgium, and and you know, for for everybody who knows Lords of Trident, everybody knows that that uh, I am a gigantic, gigantic uh, beer fan, beer nerd, if you will. I love um, you already. And, and so we landed, right, and and we're in the airport, and we've been awake for I don't know twenty eight hours, and there is this little convenience store in the airport, and I walk in, and they have like these amazing Belgian beers, triple caramelite, Chimay. Trapped Rockfort uh, for like a dollar, basically. I mean, they're they're like you know every bottle is basically like one euro. Um, so you know, I think we. I don't remember the next forty eight hours because I think I just <laughs> spent all my money at That's that convenience store. But you know, it was amazing. Yeah, a friend of mine went. A friend of mine went to the airport in in uh, in Germany, and he walked in and and he ordered a beer, and the guy gave him like a full liter of beer. <laughs> And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm, you know, I got a, I'm catching another flight. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And the guy goes, and he spoke English. He's like, what? Do you want one of those lady beers? <laughs> <laughs> so, how did the shows go over there in your? You know, um, most of the shows we played went really, really well. Um, <clears throat> there was, uh, we had some some issues with the uh, with the scheduling up until last minute. Some 
miscommunications, you know, uh, between our, our label over there and some of the booking agencies. Uh, but, but honestly, like the shows, you know, most of the shows that, that we played were absolutely incredible. Um, Milan, uh, in down in Italy was, was just an absolute riot. The place was packed. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was wild, uh, having like a whole crowd in, in the basement of a, basically a strip mall in Italy, being our lyrics back at us. Um, <laughs> that was, that was absolutely nuts. Um, we also played a really amazing acoustic show in, in Bremen, uh, in Germany. And, uh, mm -hmm. the whole, we played it actually at a gaming store, uh, that set it up for us, um, as sort of a special thing. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it was just, it was packed. It was super fun. Uh, the people were, were just loving it. It was, you know, it was really, really fun. Um, we're definitely, definitely, definitely going to go back. Uh, you know, if not for the amazing fans, at least for the, you know, cheap and amazing beer. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you end up playing at a gaming store? Well, you know, that was a, one of those things where, you know, as I, as I said earlier, there was some miscommunication and some issues between us and our uh, label over there. And a lot of the, a lot of the booking that we thought was sort of set in stone ended up not being uh, all that, you know, set in stone. So we ended up with a situation where there was a number of shows on this tour that were, you know, basically TBA about two weeks before we were planning on flying over to Europe, which is obviously a situation that no musician wants to find themselves in because, you know, how do you properly advertise? How do you, you know, how do you even prep for that, for where you're going to be and where you're going to sleep and all that sort of stuff? So we reached out to our fans on Patreon. Uh, we've got a really big, um, really fanatic following uh, on Patreon, which we're absolutely overjoyed about. Uh, and uh, and one of our one of our fans over in Germany, his name is Tom, uh, he, you know, responded back and he's like, hey, you know, if you guys are, are looking for something, I could probably help you set up, a, you know, a show here. Um, might have to be acoustic. I said, you know, we, we basically said like, hey, we'll, we'll play electric, we'll play acoustic, we'll do acapella in your mom's garage we'll basically do anything <laughs> you know <laughs> and so and so he he responded and he's like oh i talked to this store owner and the day that you're looking to you know play is like a national holiday so the store is closed but we have this gigantic you know gaming area in the back of the store and if we move some tables and we set up some sound and stuff and we you know kind of keep it sort of a private event we could we could you know invite a whole bunch of people and we could jam out and and you know the the general the general public would be none the wiser, and it'd be kind of a fun little um, acoustic thing. So we ended up doing that, and it was just uh, absolutely hands down the best show uh, on our tour. It was like it was so much fun. Um, and they and they filmed it. They recorded the whole thing. We actually just posted just about an hour ago. Uh, posted a couple of the songs, um, full mixed video and audio uh, from the from the Bremen show uh, up on our Patreon. So. Wow. Nice. How many people ended up at that show? I think there was something like 30. You know, it was a real small, small space. It was, you know, it was a gaming room. Um, right. But we, we packed them in, and, you know, it was basically, uh, you know, just elbow to elbow kind of, kind of people there. Um, and, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a really, really cool, intimate show um, and, uh, and a lot of fun. That sounds uh, fun, but also stressful. Like, 
20 years from now, you'll look back at that and be like, that tour was fucking awesome. But like, while you're living it, you're like, fuck, how are we going to get a hotel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, you know, if anything, I would call this tour sort of a, a learning experience, you know? <laughs> like, like we, uh, we we went over to Europe, we found out what, uh, what that was all about, you know? We found out uh, that you need to provide extra clearance for a gigantic, you know, touring van when uh, entering the supermarket parking lot uh, so that you don't scrape the shit out of the side of it. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> we, nice. you know, learning things we learn, we learn things. So, That's <laughs> so awesome. I have to ask, cause I've asked this a couple times before, but how does it feel or is it, you have to prep differently or how does it feel when you're playing in front of 30 people, as opposed to say 3000, is it a different vibe or is everybody paid for the show? So it's the same kind of thing. You know, it's it's uh, w- at the very nuts and bolts of it, right? It's at the very low level. It is exactly the same. You know, plan for three thousand and plan for thirty. Um, we want to give our our goal is to give everybody a really good time to melt a bunch of faces. You know, to have people lose limbs. I mean, that's that's the end the end game, right? Is to make nice, people go right. like, oh my god, that was the best show ever. Also, I need to find a doctor. You know, that that's basically <laughs> what we're looking for. <laughs> right. um, but you know, there, there's a there's obviously a, a way different vibe um, when you're playing for 30 people than when you're playing for you know 3,000. I mean, when we opened for when we were opening for Steel Panther, um, you know, those crowds were super rowdy and super like just just you know nuts, and there was a lot of them. You know, so you got all of that energy uh, coming back at you really really heavy, um, which was which was you know kind of kept us going. Um, on the other hand, when you're playing for 30 people, right, you have the ability to to be a lot more targeted in like how you perform to people, you know. So like you, we can actually like, jump out into the crowd, you know, throw the microphone into somebody's face, make specific jokes about the guy in the front row, you know, like like we can do <laughs> that kind of stuff, and it and it lands better. We can be, uh, I would say, like a little bit more, a, a little bit more like. Um, like calm and targeted and relatable in those small shows and the big shows, you got to be big bombastic and you got to like, you know, reach all the way to the end of the, of the amphitheater basically so that people right. could get that energy. So, you know, it's, it's playing wise, performing wise, it, it's similar and different all at the same time. Awesome. I, I have a strange question for you. Yeah. Have you ever been on stage and looked down and watched somebody like really picking their nose, like just right in there? <laughs> Oh yeah, all the time. And I always, you know, if somebody is 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 close to the front row and is doing something or like not paying attention, I I almost seem to have a sixth sense for that. Like I almost laser focus on that person, and I'm like, okay, you know, like somebody's on their phone down in the front row. Like I'm gonna jump down off the stage and I'm gonna like I'm gonna like booty dance right in front of them and and <laughs> make them very conscious about it. You know, like I have I have I believe I've twerked on somebody before uh, for for using their phone in the front row. The reason I ask is, like, while we we're while I was waiting for Bruce to get his shit together today, I was <laughs> hey hey call me out. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was watching um, Anthrax, the video for Anthrax Indians, the live <coughs> video that Nuclear Blast put out. And yeah. In, and in the first three seconds, there in the video, there's this guy in the crowd, and he's got his finger like 
way up there and they're just he's just digging in and i was like nuclear blast off that in that is awesome <laughs> you, you know you know that somebody was editing that video and it was sort of like a disgruntled video guy and it's like oh, i gotta make another stupid video for these stupid metal but and then he, you know he's looking at the footage and he's like that right there i'm keeping that right <laughs> right at the start but like i'm not talking it, it wasn't a small pick it was like it was he, he was, was going for it. He was knuckle deep, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. All, all right. The, so all the, all the comments on the video were like, "Look at the nose picker." <laughs> <laughs> so Fang, now I've got to ask you because I don't know if you're a Behemoth fan, but I recently saw some post from Nergal or Nurgle, however you pronounce it, where he stopped the show because there was some couple that was having oral sex like right in the middle of the pit. So what's the craziest thing? <laughs> you could Google that. I mean, they just see wow. like, hey, let's let's give them a hand, and you know, this girl's like, you know, going at it. But what's the craziest thing you've seen from the stage out into the audience? Oh God, um, oh man, there's there's, <laughs> there's 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 been a lot. There's been really a lot, and it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick either. You know, like a uh, um, uh, one that comes to mind immediately or a good one. But you know, actually. Okay, one that I and this was this was from like a billion years ago. Um, it was one of it was actually now that I think about it, it was one of our one of our first like touring one of our first tours. We were playing in this super super small divey place, um, and they like basically forgot we were playing. Uh, so we show up and we're like, oh cool, you know, like, and there was nobody, like almost nobody there. It was it was all locals. Um, there was this one, this one woman who was, came up to us and she looked kind of like, I don't know what the exact, you know, perfect term to describe it is, but I would say methy, you know, a little <laughs> bit methy. <laughs> and she's, and she's standing in front of the, the jukebox and she's sort of like swaying back and forth, holding a dollar bill trying to figure out how the jukebox works. And of course, you know, um, <laughs> Asian metal's like, Oh, I'll go help her. And, you know, it's talking to her and, and she's like, Oh, thanks for helping me out. You know, I used to be Amish, so I don't understand these technologies. <laughs> like, like, It's this, it's this formerly Amish meth head, right? At the show. So she, so she ends up like out, out in, out in the crowd in the front row and, and sort of, on the bar, right? So the bar kind of butts up against the stage at this at this divey bar place. So she's she's pounding them back. You know, we're playing. I think we get maybe about halfway through the set, and then for whatever reason, so she's holding a big giant mug, right, of beer, and for whatever reason, like her face sort of looks up as if she's you know seen seen the the face of Ronnie James Dio, you know, or something like that, and then she smashes the mug onto her face. And falls backwards onto the concrete floor like headfirst and passes out. <laughs> and 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 we are like, I see this happening right in the middle of a song. Like she just picks up the mug, smashes her face, and passes out. And I'm like, uh, you know, and we're still playing, but I'm kind of giving the eyes to everybody, like, um, 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 you know. And the bartenders see this. Uh, long story short, the paramedics were called, and in the middle of the, you know, basically the middle of the mosh pit, the paramedics come in and they load her out, and yeah, that was an interesting night. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so I guess I guess seeing a formerly Amish meth head try to smash a you know beer mug on the top of her face um, and uh, and knock herself out was probably one of the best things I'd seen from the stage. I'd say. Nice. Hey, Bruce, are you there? 
I think we've lost Bruce. Oh no. He's Bruce having he's having internet problems today, but that's okay. He'll he'll join us back in a second. I'm not sure. It says he's still here, but he's I think he's just kind of disappeared on us. He's probably <laughs> he's probably picking his nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you said you were opening up for Steel Panther? Yes, we did. Yep. W- what was that like? That was super cool, actually. Um Steel Panther was I mean, you know, obviously, you know, gigantic crowd, super packed. I think it was sold out. Um, we were at a, a giant, you know, um, like amphitheater kind of a place. Uh, and Steel Panther was like hands down. Uh, other than hmm, uh, we've, we've worked with a lot of really, really nice people, like clinically nice, like Unleash the Archers. Yeah. Uh, when we played with them great, on their tour, like they were Vancouver the nicest. Band. Great Vancouver They were the band. absolute nicest people in the entire world. I mean, you know, they're Canadian, so by law, I think they have to be. But they're from my know. hometown. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, I'm, I'm from I'm well, from there. Well, let me tell you, they are absolutely like Brittany is one of the nicest people I've ever met. She is an absolute gem of a person. The, the whole band is amazing. Yeah. Um. But anyway, but Steel Panther was also just like incredibly incredibly nice like you know outside of their their characters and such like that i mean like they were one of the coolest and most down-to-earth you know bands uh, ever we had so they had a gigantic you know green room down in, in the basement of the place and we had this like tiny little um it well actually wasn't all that bad it was it was a pretty pretty decent sized green room up in the second floor yeah they actually sent one of their staff members one of their runners up to the second floor after we met them. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, the guys in steel Panther are given, you know, a hundred bucks of their catering budget to you guys. Do you want me to go get you some pizzas and beers and stuff like that? And we're like, ah, uh, yes. Fucking right. <laughs> and, <then, we> <laughs> and then they're like, and then they're like, what kind of beers would you prefer? You know, I can go down to the store and pick up, you know, blah. I'm like, I don't think anybody at a bar has ever asked me that ever before. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess you could say they really melt pussies. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's a real pussy melter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Bruce, so, did you get that joke, Bruce? I just, I was disconnected. My internet is shitty here, and I was out of the conversation for a little bit. We were, yeah, talking, okay. we were talking about melting pussies. Oh, <laughs> I guess I'll get it when I start editing it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. So, yeah, what I'd, what I'd the hell absolutely... are you showing me? God, get that out of my face. What the fuck is going on there? Jesus. Bruce. Your, oh, it's your hand. It's your hand. Jesus. I thought it was going to be another one of the... We, we did an interview a few weeks back where the guy answered the call and he was on the toilet. And oh, nice. Like, and he's like, one second, man. I got to get up. We're like, oh, and he nice. had the video on. He had the video on. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So... For people that don't know your band, how would you describe your music? Yeah, so Lords of the Trident is uh, is basically the most metal band on earth. Um, ah. We are, you know, I mean, be, you know, more or less, if if you want to to describe it, it's it's essentially like you know the sound of of, of riding into battle uh, on the on the on horseback, charging into you know a horde of a thousand uh, people. Uh, while you know Iron Maiden, Dio, Judas Priest is playing in the background, kind of all mixed together, um, it's a little bit of that. You know, I, I, a lot of people say that we're um, part power metal, part traditional heavy metal, uh, and you know, uh, parts um, I don't know, Man of War or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 uh, sort of like that. It's a 
a lot of people will listen to the album and um, you know immediately die just because it's the music is so <laughs> you know it's so forceful, so amazing. Um, we 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 used to have a sticker actually that came on a lot of our albums that you know we'd recommend putting on a full plate of armor, you know, like the the, the night stuff just before you hit play. Just because we had so many people, you know, die. They they banned the first album in like forty eight countries because of you know risk of death and all that sort of stuff. So I mean, like in general, it's pretty awesome music, is what I would say. Awesome. Now, you you just kind of like you're like you just described three huge new wave of British heavy metal fan or bands. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys got that kind of vibe going. I'd say so. Yeah. Fucking you know, a. we we try to uh, we try to we try to keep. Uh, we we try to we try to keep it a little bit more towards the, uh, you know, it, it's it's hard because like a lot of people say we're power metal and and a lot of people say we're more like, you know, eighties new wave of traditional heavy or you know new wave yeah. of heavy metal kind of kind of thing. Um, I, I let people you know sort of decide <laughs> what they what they think we are. Um, I, I think I just say we're we're heavy metal. Uh, I just kind of leave it at that. Right um, on. But but yeah, I mean we we do definitely appreciate. Uh, Dio, Maiden, Priests, you know, all those, all the, all the greats, you know. Bruce, your, your mic's not working, Bruce. <laughs> There's no fucking microphone going here, Bruce. Eee. Uh, poor Bruce. Bru Bruce is having a rough week. I mean, yeah. look at the guy's hair. He's just fucked. <laughs> Such an asshole. I'm only this much of an asshole when he can't respond to me. <laughs> um all right bruce you're still not there remember you have to hit save you have to hit save <laughs> it, you can't hear bruce but he's mouthing the words fuck you <laughs> okay i'll take over bruce's regular spot here as he's a bit technically challenged all right so bruce always does this thing here where he asked people, have you you since you've never listened to this podcast before, this podcast is more about casual conversations with musicians so people get to know you better as a person. Not so yeah. much not so much about like, wow, where did you get your band name or what's your favorite song or any of that bullshit. Sure, sure. So Bruce likes to ask this question. Why are tennis balls fuzzy? Hmm. Why are tennis balls fuzzy? That's like that's a good question. I would assume that, well, I guess I'd, I'd two different reasons. I think first off, right, if you think of the tennis ball coming at the racket and it's sort of deforming as it hits the racket, you think if it was rubber, it would probably cause, the friction would probably cause more wear and tear on the, um, what is it, like the neoprene or the, I don't know what the, the racket, like, you know, actual racketing, on the racket is made out of, but you think that maybe like rubber or, or hide of some kind would cause those things to wear out, uh, faster. Um, I'd also think that, you know, maybe having a little less grip on the surface as it, as it approaches the surface, um, might be useful in terms of, you know, not being able to say like curve a ball as much as, as you would to kind of keep the trajectory of your serve, um, in mind, uh, you know, and and also might might cut down on wind resistance a little bit. I mean, I know people are hitting those balls at so crazy amounts of speed that you know, if it were something that were a little bit less uh, 
less aerodynamic, you know, with the fuzz, then it would probably prevent it from reaching speeds where, you know, you'd need some sort of like carbon fiber backed racketing on your racket in order to, in order to make, you know, make tennis work, basically. Hey, Fang, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Are you an analytical guy? (laughs) (laughs) What what gave you that idea? Well, that's the longest answer we've ever had. That was awesome. (laughs) You're like, I could just see you. Your eyes were closed. You were imagining the tennis ball. Things were moving. You're working out the (laughs) physics for the tennis ball. You're thinking about the velocity of the strings. You're just going all over the place. (laughs) Okay. I'll, I'll ask. Hey, Bruce. Hey, I'm back, but I'm using, I guess I'm using my phone now because my, my laptop is whack today for some reason. All right. Well, you missed the best answer of uh, why tennis ball is fuzzy that. in the, I was, in the I heard world. I heard what was going on. That was pretty fantastic. <laughs> that was fucking, that was like Google Analytics, but from a metal musician. Right yeah. I, think, I didn't think that Chris was going to be able to carry the torch for me, but he handled it quite well. Excellent. <laughs> All right, so I've got, since I've been out of this loop for half the uh, conversation, and and Chris has sort of hogged it up, what has been, you guys have a pretty over-the-top production, what has been the, uh, like, the biggest on-stage gear failure or mishap? (laughs) I I like when you're laughing, that means you got a good one. Oh, man, okay. Uh, Two-parter, right? So we have this, um, or I should say we had, we used to have, uh, this this gigantic six and a half foot tall trident uh, made out of PVC that was an air cannon that would shoot off confetti into the crowd, right? Um, and I built this thing myself, all out of PVC and you know ball valves and all that sort of stuff. And we would we would load in um, to the trident before every show, um, shredded up credit card bills and like you know stuff like that because you know nobody's stealing your identity on a sticky barroom floor. I can get absolutely guarantee it. You know, they're not going to be able to piece together my social security number, even when it's shredded up, you know, on this, on this barroom floor. Right. So we'd, we'd take right before the show, we'd take and we'd, and we'd, you know, put, I don't know, like 80, 90 PSI of air into these three inch PVC legs that it stood on. And I mean, these things were massive. I mean, three inches in diameter, four foot tall, maybe four or five feet tall. There was a lot of air in there. A lot. This of seems air. like some serious engineering going on here. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I, I like to, I like to Google things, basically. <laughs> so, so we have, so, so there was two, two major issues that happened with that, uh, with that giant trident. The first one was, you know, I, just for fun, I would like to sort of point it diagonally and kind of ride it, you know, uh, you know, kind of like I was riding a horse uh, and. and and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe mouth the words giddy up with my, with my, you know, as I was, as I was writing it. So obviously, you know, if you, if you wedge it incorrectly, you get a lot of pressure going down into like the, the small center point failure, uh, right before the ball valve on this giant PVC structure. And one night, you know, maybe it just got a little brittle. I don't know. I was riding it. I was doing my whole, you know, giddy up, like it's going to explode. You know, this, this giant trident is a, is a euphemism for my dick sort of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then, you know, I, I, my, I I must've, I must've thrusted down a little too hard 
and the PVC uh, broke. And all, you know, 90 PSI of all of this air went right into my junk. Um, oh, 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 oh. And that's when you go from normal voice to. <laughs> well, you know, it, it certainly it, it certainly helped with the with the high head voice uh, for the rest of the night. I will I will say that I had to I had to turn around for a few minutes and just sort of give one of those like, ooh, ooh, kind of a thing. You know, nice. That's beautiful. the the second The second part of this story was okay. So I fixed it. Right, it broke. I fixed it. Um. Uh, actually constructed a whole brand new one and we'd been using it for oh god i don't know maybe 120 150 shows you know no problems no problems and uh we were playing this one club and the club had a drum riser which is cool the problem is that the drum riser was not secured to the to the stage <laughs> and so <laughs> i yeah. you can kind of see where this is going i i put the the triad fully loaded fully you know pressurized up on the top of the drum riser and I went off to do other things, probably, you know, set up the merch booth or whatever. We were this, or, you know, kind of organized things. We were the second band of the bill, and there was a bunch of people, a bunch of people that came out to see us. I mean, the place was packed. And and he's, uh, our drummer starts, starts testing the kick, you know, thump, 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 you know, for the sound guy. And the sound guy turns the subs on, and it goes boom, boom, boom. And as he's kicking, you know, thump, thump, thump. The drum riser, because the subs are now on, is going like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> and of course, the fully pressurized, you know, thing made out of PVC is now swaying back and forth. Like, and nobody sees this, you know. And so, you know, maybe 10, 12 kicks in, the thing topples over, lands in the center of the stage, and explodes into shrapnel. Um, oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I mean, you know... It, it it was it was this loud gigantic explosion, you know, almost sounded like a gunshot, and shrapnel goes everywhere. And amazingly, the people in the front row were completely unscathed, but the shrapnel sort of launched in an arc and hit a bunch of people like center midway back. One guy got it like right through the arm. One guy got cut on the neck. Oh one, my one god! Guy got a, you know, really really awkward because we like killing people during our show, not before. Um, <laughs> and and you know, and and I was I was worried because we had been fighting with this club about using pyrotechnics. We'd been fighting with with this club about using confetti. We'd been fighting, you know. And they said, okay, no pyro, but you can use confetti. Okay, fine, you know. And this is after like a chain of fifty emails going back and forth, like you're ruining our stage show. Um, and then we, you know, go proceed to, um, you know, send shrapnel into the audience right before we play. So luckily, the people that got hit were like those old school kind of metal dudes. And so they were like, they're like, oh, whoa, dude, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they just got really excited. Because I was thinking, holy shit, the U.S. is the land of liability. Someone's getting fucking sued here. That's that's exactly what I thought. Those are my exact thoughts. But, you know, everybody was like super cool about it. The You know, obviously we never... Uh, use that ever again at that club. <laughs> <laughs> at that club, <laughs> you know. Well, and since since that happened, we we re-engineered the trident to actually become a giant sword, uh, and the sword is now made out of galvanized steel. So if that thing explodes, everybody's dying. You know, there's going to be nobody <laughs> left to sue because everybody will be dead. So, I, I, oh, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Chris, you got anything else? <laughs> I don't, man. I'm good. Thank you. Hails, listeners. All right. We're about to play the first track off of Shadows from the Past, Death Dealer. Before we do that, 
I want to make sure everybody is completely safe. So grab your strongest uh, helmets. It can be made out of plate steel. It can be made out of galvanized steel. Just basically anything that keeps your brain intact before we start turning this song up. Because otherwise, uh, you know, the Surgeon General has linked this song to brain melting and uh, face contortions and neck snapping. So throw on your helmets. This one is called Death Dealer.
Thanks for checking out the Brutally Delicious... Hey, fuck! Thanks for checking out the Brutally Delicious podcast today. We really appreciate all five of you. I hope you go home... You actually sound like one of those... Have a Coke and fucking get wasted! (laughs) You sound like one of those uh, Z100 DJs there for a minute. You want me to do that? I can do that voice for you if you'd like. Yeah, let's do it. What the hell? We'll add it right in here. Thanks for listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast today. On the drive at five, we have Bruce bringing you bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Dude, I don't even know whoever listens this far along. They're probably like, all right, click, we're done. Fuck these guys. (laughs) But I will tell you. I will tell you, that was a great interview. It was fun. Lots of good stories. And uh, go ahead and check out Lords of Trident. Do it. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living. And every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.